Hello and welcome in. Thank you for listening. This is the podcast Builder vs. Buyer, and I'm the host, Adam Steiner. This podcast is bringing home builders and home buyers together through advice and education. Um, how's everybody's Wednesday doing? I have another very exciting interview for you today. Um, I got to speak with Charlie Scott yesterday. So we recorded yesterday. Um, if you don't know the name Charlie Scott, you should. Um, he is a giant in the home building industry. Um, Charlie has had more than 30 years firsthand home building industry experience with over 20 years as a home builder and 12 years as president of Woodland, O'Brien, and Scott. Woodland, O'Brien, and Scott are one of the industry's original customer satisfaction consulting and referral sales generation firms. Um, he's also a frequent national and international keynote speaker, national ho- housing quality award executive council member contributing editor for professional builder magazine author of construction knowledge 101 and in 2018 he was inducted into the national housing quality award hall of fame um seriously he has a lot of um just experience and knowledge in the home building industry um if you're running a home building company this is a must listen um yeah, so I, I won't babble too much more today. One other minor show note, I know we're in a mini-series on energy efficiency. I will get back to that, but um, yeah, I couldn't help it but post this interview because it, I just felt it was so great. So enjoy. Charlie, thank you so much for being on today. It's my pleasure. Um, I'm honored to have you here and really excited to see to see what we can dig into. Well, thank you very much. So am I. So as I met Charlie, I was um, working for a builder in Minnesota and um, Charlie was um, in charge of the customer satisfaction company that I mentioned earlier. Um, And he was giving a presentation to our company just on our customer satisfaction surveys, um, what the benefits, pros and cons were, what, what we could dig into as a company. Um, and through that seminar, I just so many light bulbs, so much great information just soaking into my brain. So I felt like it was the perfect person to have on this podcast, um, to help both builders and buyers get better at the building industry. Um, but let's, let's start there. Why? So the company I was at invested a ton of time, money, and energy into detailed customer satisfaction surveys. Why, why was that a passion of yours? Why, why should builders look into that well i um the light bulb as you say uh turned on for me in my early days of running a home building company when i realized the best way to improve your company was to listen to the voice of the customer in a unbiased and non-judgmental way so we had hired a customer satisfaction or a survey company to Uh, collect our customer opinions, and we realized that listening to the customers uh, was the best way to learn what we did well, and more importantly, where we were failing them. (laughs) And uh, that kind of lit the fire that that started my career in the home building customer satisfaction arena. And the more I studied it, the more I realized it's not just a nice thing, it's actually a smart strategy. In fact, uh, there's a study done by Kenneth Merchant out of the University of Southern California who studied 200 communities 
uh, and the customer satisfaction rating out of those communities and found that as customer satisfaction went up, sales went up, revenue went up, equally importantly, employee satisfaction went up. You can imagine it's a, it's a lot more in, uh, rewarding to work for a company that has happy customers as opposed to the staff working with upset customers. Oh, yes. And, yeah. and, yeah, and as a role, the result, warranty costs went down. So customer satisfaction was more of a strategy than a trick or a, a desire. Uh, and those studies have been uh, reproduced. In fact, we reproduced the exact same results on 20 builders over a four-year time period. So it's, I guess in summary, um, found out that customer satisfaction and the voice of the customer was one of those rare win-win-win situations where it was a win for the builder, a win for the customer, and a win for the employees. Yeah, and um, as I said, I worked with a company that worked with you, and yeah, we saw it firsthand. It um, to get that real data really um, forces you to look at what's actually going on. Um, and you can't just look at the reviews on house or on Google and say like, okay, we got a couple five-star reviews. We're doing great. Um, when you really dig into how a client feels, it, it's, um, it's a lot deeper picture than that. Um, what are some ways that um, you, you said, so happier clients, less stressed builders, better, more cost savings. Like those are all things every builder wants. Like what are some tangible ways that these surveys led to those results? Well, um, first of all, there's a little bit of a paradigm shift because the main focus uh, in customer satisfaction, it's really just the opposite. What you're looking for and, and, and actually welcoming is customer dissatisfaction. In the traditional home building company, customers that are dissatisfied are often labeled as argumentative or impossible to please or uh, there's a whole attitude that it's a it's a negative thing in customer centric companies. When they see customer dissatisfaction, they actually are pleased because they now have identified areas where they can improve their operations. It could be in sales communications, or maybe they're not educating the customer on the specifications, or maybe the design studio process is too rushed. Or maybe the construction manager isn't communicative on the delivery time frame or education. So what you're really looking for to create customer dissatisfaction is to remove all the customer dissatisfaction, which in turn leaves you with customer satisfaction. And of course, uh, if you listen closely to the customers, they're actually, they don't use the right terminology, but in the surveys, they will point out areas that you can improve your operations where you can improve your teamwork. You may find that a salesperson and a superintendent aren't the best team. Uh, Their skills don't complement, but maybe conflict. So it helps you improve teamwork. And when you realize, as I said earlier, that um, customer satisfaction isn't just a goal or desire, it's a strategy, then the company starts to treat it more seriously. And just like they have a detailed floor plan with all the dimensions and, uh, and cross-sections, they create and, and map out a customer experience and assign roles and responsibilities to every 
person from salesperson to superintendent to design studio to warranty to even internal operations. And as a result, you start to come up with a playbook or roadmap, which everybody is singing from the same sheet of music, so to speak. And with the ultimate goal of everyone consistently teaching the customer experience as well as the floor plan. So uh, it's, it's really a unifying way to create a whole customer experience um, map, uh, a definition, roles and responsibilities, and then ultimately the survey would help uh, hold, uh, be able to eat, measure each one of those uh, touch points. Yeah. Um, can you go into a little bit? So with your surveys, from what I recall, it was, it was probably 50 questions on there. Is that, is that right? It was actually a few more than that. There was between 65 and 70. Yeah. And you guys with, with your surveys got into a lot of detail, um, specific to how is your site superintendent communicating to you? How's the sales agent communicating to you? Like, Everything you're mentioning, you surveyed. Um, would you recommend that amount for most builders if they're doing, if they're working on independent surveys and things like that? Yes. Um, one of the um, one of the frequently asked questions, and and I would also probably say an objection in today's world of more instant feedback and uh, the net promoter index concept, which is another survey concept where they ask only one question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It's a uh, it's really quite conflicting. Um, what we found from doing over a million surveys with over 400 home building companies was that uh, if the customer realized through the survey that you were really honestly trying to get their feedback and you were genuinely interested in it, that they would spend up to an hour and a half to two hours filling out a survey if they really thought the company was customer centric and really wanted feedback. So we were averaging between 60 and 70% response rate. Um, And as it turns out, uh, some of our uh, experiences showed the shorter the survey, the more it told the customer that you weren't genuinely interested and therefore they were less participatory and less uh, sharing. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting note. And, um, I will say from what I props to um, Nick Hackworthy at creative homes, like for a note for builders, like Nick read every single survey we ever got from clients. And this is a company building over a hundred homes a year. Like um, this isn't like a, a plug it in and forget about it kind of process. Like if you, if you really care about your customers, that's the level you need to go to that you are reading and absorbing as the owner of the company that you're absorbing this information. Um, Correct. Um, yeah. <clears throat> As a, when I was uh, running a home building company like Mick and Nick rather, um, mm-hmm. what I found out was that you, if you listen to the customer and then you talked to the team involved the, uh, that worked with the customer uh, and used the customer feedback, it got a lot more traction from the customer's perspective than it did from the manager speaking to the team. And, uh, and that goes for both the, the accolades and the great jobs all the way down to the, hey, you can do a little better job on explaining the included features or whatnot. So it really turned a manager from being kind of a subjective review of the team's performance to an objective review and actually brought guys like Nick around to the same side of the table 
with the staff and team to all work towards focusing on improving the customer experience. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's definitely what we saw. Um, and so in your years of reviewing surveys and, and going over this process from both an owner and a, a survey company, um, what, what would you say are some of the most common frustrations of buyers that you see? <laughs> you can imagine out of a million customers, we've seen a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the, from the one-offs to the bizarres to the more common. So uh, you could make a whole show out of uh, the, 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 odd situations, but I'm glad you asked about the more common ones because they're a little <laughs> re- more relatable. The other ones are entertaining, but we're, we're after education, not just entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the most common customer frustrations, it's really simple. Uh, the most basic fundamental need of a customer in a home buying experience is a clean and complete home. And, uh, and that is by far trumps everything else. So if the home is not 100% clean and 100% complete, it almost doesn't matter how great the experience was or how much they like the salesperson or superintendent. It's a, it's, it could be interpreted as a insult. The same as going to a high end restaurant and they serve, uh, they serve you wine and you see a lipstick on the wine glass. It starts immediately. Um, undermines your your confidence. So clean and complete. So obviously, to be a customer centric builder, you have to have a quality assurance, uh, quality mindset to deliver clean and complete homes. So an open item, uh, and for, by open item, I mean something that wasn't done by closing. Take for right, example, right. take for example a um, a um, uh, a towel bar that 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 was missed. Uh, you know, they, everybody just forgot about it. They didn't see it. They didn't realize that the customer moves in. The towel bar is not there. They start to wonder, well, what else didn't they check? So that starts to erode. And then second only to a, a dirty or an open item is lack of follow-up on that. Now, <clears throat> traditionally, builders are really good at getting the home ready for closing or almost ready for closing. And as soon as it closes, the urgency goes way down if not away now in that same example of the towel bar uh, if they call it to the builder's attention and he gets that towel bar installed within two or three days then they have rescued the situation but if it goes to the bottom of the list because they're preparing for other closings and it takes two to three weeks well you can imagine every single morning that uh, towel bar lack of towel bar starts to become a bigger item and it uh, at about three weeks our study show at three weeks it explodes into total customer dissatisfaction so you lose everything you worked on for six months so um, obviously open items in the follow-up the next most common trend if you pattern them was that the home building team which would be the design studio salesperson and superintendent did not teach the uh, customer experience or the how the home was built. They spent all their time teaching what was being out built, say the house, maybe a floor plan like the Columbia with all of its dimensions and elevations and every little detail. So they, t- they focused on the what, but they didn't focus also on the how 
and then kind of coach the customer along the experience. So in absence of teaching the how, the customer who isn't experienced creates their own mind picture and they ultimately become disappointed when they their mind picture doesn't match. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I um so I have a background in home design and was a, a CAD designer for years and years and then switched to sales briefly at creative and like my sales process was actually relatively poor. Like I'm not like a true salesperson, but because of my knowledge in the industry and just like that education piece, I was actually doing decently at sales just for that exactly what you're saying of like when you when you educate a client and give them the hows behind it, there there's automatically that trust factor and that the bond there that um yeah really goes a long way. Yeah, I um I like to put the emphasis on um I'll use a public home builder because all the records are uh, are shared publicly in the stock market. Uh, but uh, a home builder, when they're making building a home for a customer, uh, they, they buy the land, which is a big chunk. Then they buy all the sticks and bricks, windows, all the pieces and parts. And they charge the customer for the sticks, the bricks, and the land. And then they add, generally, according to the public documents, approximately 25% as a gross margin. So if the home is $400,000, they're going to add one-fourth of that or $100,000 to cover uh, all the services they provide. And I typically ask builders, what does the customer get for that $100,000? Hmm. And what it, the, the, the correct, of course, they get the floor plan and they get some um, management, but the most important thing is that they're supposed to get an education for that and the experience, not just the house, but they're supposed to get a good journey experience, attention, and the number three area or number four area of customer dissatisfaction is regular communications. Yeah, um, that's, that's actually a great segue to my last question here because um, I originally heard of the concept of the power hour from you. Can you just explain what that is and why you believe in it? Well, given that communications is part of that, in my example, $100,000 worth of value the builder is supposed to provide, when left up to an uh, unorganized uh, environment, which home building in general out in the field is somewhat of a unorganized environment, things change daily. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one, one way to control the chaos is to dedicate one hour a week where the superintendent and the salesperson get together and call every customer they're currently building a home for. And I like to ter- call that power hour. And if it's set at a certain time, like every Thursday at four o'clock, then it can be scheduled at everyone's um, uh, work and they always show up and they always in one hour focus on making quick phone calls uh, to customers and um, customers love it because even if there's no new news to report uh, just that daily outreach even if it goes to voicemail shows that the builder is being attentive and communicative and then of course it gives a chance for a customer to ask a question and we we used to coach how to keep all those phone calls down to two to three minutes. And uh, that was the way you can actually measure then the communications within the organization 
And if you promise a customer on a um, you know six month build, basically twenty two to twenty three phone calls, uh, it went a long, long ways towards building trust. And of course, it kept the salesperson and the uh, superintendent on the same page. Yeah, exactly. And um, like I said, I I sold for a builder that did that up here in Minnesota, and I'm a believer in it. Like I feel. In my experience in the industry, not nearly as much as yours, but um, my experience is clients that have the hardest time and, and end up usually being the biggest stressors are the ones that felt like they weren't communicated with. Um, like I feel like you can get over just about any issue as long as the communication is there. But once once they feel like they're not getting a hold of anyone, that's when stuff really starts to hit the fan. Um, at least I've seen. Yes. And and I, and I want to add one more piece to this puzzle for any salesperson or superintendent that may be listening. Um, what I, the power hour is a good practice. I mean, highly recommended. Makes your life easier. Makes the sell, the the customer's life easier. But um, that that's a good practice. A best practice is to continue those phone calls for about a month after the customers moved in. Uh, one of the the fifth or sixth item of customer dissatisfaction is what I call the, when the customer feels loved and then left. In other words, they received those 20 phone calls up to the time they forked over the money. And then as soon as they forked over the money, no one called them again. That creates a, they felt loved and then left. So continuing a couple of phone calls post-closing uh, is a is the best practice, and it maintains customer trust for a lifetime, not just for a not just for the warranty period, for a lifetime. Wow, that's oh, that's, that's phenomenal advice. Uh, yeah, it occurred to me, but you're right. That's that's great. Um, any any other notes for builders here on um, just any anything you'd like to say to the industry or anything along those lines? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote an article once that talked about. Uh, a, a secret floor plan, or I'll just say a secret plan, that if you put this one floor plan in your portfolio, that you would get 40% of next year's sales, how many builders would be willing to purchase that floor plan? Mm, yeah, many. I, I'd say all of them. Uh, well, if you put a customer satisfaction plan in place in your company, which means map out the experience, teach every employee their role in that experience, have a survey or a tool that helps measure uh, conformance to that, um, then you, if you're a top performing builder, you will have 40% referral sales. In other words, 40% of your eventual sales will come from referrals from your existing customers. And that's a fact, a proven fact. And uh, it's amazing that as I went around the country and talked to hundreds of builders, one of my original questions would be, what is your exact referral sales rate currently or for last year? And I would say less than 5% of the home builders were able to answer that question. So mm -hmm. in our industry, that's known as uh, that ignorance is known as the cost of nonconformance. They don't know what their current customer satisfaction or dissatisfaction is costing their company, the best barometer is what is your referral sales rate? And if they're only getting, in your case, um, Creative was building 10 home, or 100 homes a year, 
if they're getting a 15% resp- uh, referral sales rate, that'd be 15 homes a year. If they're highly operational uh, customer centric, then they should be getting 40. And the difference is 25 homes a year is their cost for not focusing on the not just the what, the Columbia floor plan, but the how the customer is to be managed through the process. So I know that's a little cerebral, but um, if you just boil it down to percentages, they're losing about 25% of their potential sales a year by not having a focused customer satisfaction plan with all team members bought in and performing as a team. Yeah, I love it. That's That's really brilliant there. Um, thanks for sharing, Charlie. So what are you, what are you up to these days? Well, I, um, we, we live in the mountains. Uh, home building was very, very good to us. Uh, that's, that's part of what drove me to be a customer satisfaction consultant to help companies and, and sales people and builders not only enjoy their work, but to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And my work as a salesperson and as a superintendent and as a manager, uh, provided me the opportunity to retire early, and uh, I help a handful of favorite customers throughout the year. Uh, but uh, we're living in the mountains, living the dream, as they say, with all of outdoor activities. And I still ride a little bit, uh, but uh, I also uh, keep my uh, try to keep my voice in the industry a little bit. And Adam, I sincerely appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share some of my thoughts and opinions with you. Well, I appreciate the time and I appreciate you joining me. This is, um, yeah, it's a, a real pleasure and an honor to have you on, as I said. So um, thanks so much, Charlie, and I wish you the best. Thank you. And I wish you and your program the best. It's needed in the industry. And that was it from Charlie. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast content as much as I did. I hope it helps your businesses and, um, yeah, hopes it. I hope it helps you build better homes with happier clients, because um, that's that's really the goal. Um, if you'd like to reach out to me, have any questions, comments, I would love to hear from you. I am on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. On LinkedIn, it's my name, Adam Steiner, S-T-E-I-N-E-R. Um, the others, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, it's at Burnham Design Co. That's B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. Again, thank you for listening, and thanks to Andrew Michael Metter for the music. <laughs>